the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Verse 2 says, preach the word of God and be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Same as sharing your testimony or maybe sharing the good news with somebody. Not all the time is going to be favorable. Anybody run into that before? I don't want to hear it. You ever heard that? (laughs) Reminds me of a story downtown. Picture a dock kind of like this, and there's a small warehouse where there's probably 10 or 15 homeless people living in it, okay? So we basically pull our bus up like in their front yard, so to speak. (laughs) We pull out the generator, we get it all going, we get the food going and all this stuff, and they're up here yelling absurdities to us because they don't want to hear it. Even they'd be yelling from the docks, I don't want to hear your preaching. Go away. This is our property. Well, it wasn't. It was a city property. But to them, we're in their front yard. But you know what? Jesus won them over eventually because we, we never left. They tried to kick us out. We didn't leave. We moved around a few times when, they, when, they, when some crazy things were happening. We moved just a little bit, just around the corner or whatever. But a lot of those people got saved. It was awesome because we did not give up. It's like, hey, we're going to do our thing. You guys are welcome to come. Just don't be a disturbance. You're welcome to eat, food, hang out, listen to the word. If you don't want to listen to the word, just do your thing. We don't care. Just come. You know, sometimes like when you go to a bonfire and you really don't know anybody, you kind of stay on the outside. You're like, well, I'll, I'll come and check this out. Well, the next bonfire you go to, you get step a little bit closer to the fire. Like you almost feel like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of part of this now. This is my second time here, so I feel a little more comfortable. That's kind of how it was with these guys. We kind of got to know them, got to know them by name, got to know a little bit about them. We got to share our resources with them to help a lot of those people get off the street, those who wanted help. There's help available for them. Sometimes they just choose that, and there's really nothing you can do. They, that's their choice. But other times there's, there's uh, circumstances that may have happened, and they might be homeless for a week or something. But you can tell who doesn't want to live on the streets. And you can also tell the people that are like, I'm not going anywhere because I don't like any rules and I love this. To me, this isn't bad. To me, it was horrible. You know, when I first met these people, I'd give them everything. You know, what do you want? You want my shirt? You want my shoes? Dude, I can't, I can't see you looking like, you want my shirt? Come to find out. No, they're just using you, a lot of them, because they know the next goodie truck's going to come along too. So it was funny because w- before we learned that, we'd give all kinds of stuff out. And finally, we said, enough's enough. We're bringing the word. We're bringing God's news, the good news. And if you don't like that, then move on. We don't care. This is what we're doing. So they would still come. It was like, okay, now they're coming for more than just the goodies. So some of them would sit way in the back, and they'd slowly start coming up. And then they started counting on us coming. And it, God forbid we ever miss a week. They'd be calling us, where, where are you guys? You know, they started relying on us coming because they wanted to fellowship with, with us too. It wasn't just give them batteries and propane and anything else we could possibly help them with. We didn't want to make them comfortable on the street. That's toxic charity, okay? I learned that when I'd go in some of those tents, and they had more food than my pantry. I mean, they'd have tents full of food, you know, 20 cases of water. They'd have all kinds of food, canned goods out the wazoo, you know? And they would just take and take and take and take. Finally, we're just like, you know what? I, we have something that's worth a lot more than just stuff, right? Well, so we started bringing the word of God to these people, and there was a change. There was a whole paradigm change down there. The crime went down. 
In fact, the cops would come by. <laughs> it's funny in the beginning because when the cops would come by, they'd scatter like cockroaches. <laughs> but after a while, when they started cleaning up their act, they were, they were no longer afraid of the police because they got their act together, you know. And the police would just walk through the camp. They'd walk along. We'd just say, hey, you know, whatever. And even some of the cops were pretty, pretty hard-hearted. It was like, hey, brother, can we pray for you while you're down here? It's dangerous down here at night. You're down here by yourself. And they'd say no. We're like, too bad. We're going to pray for you anyway. Get over here. <laughs> no, seriously, we did. A few of them were like, get over here. We don't have to hold hands or anything. Just stand there. We're going to pray for you, brother, because you need it down here. And, and that's before I think the streets really got bad compared to what it is now. I, I, I don't know what they're doing down now. In fact, we drove over the, the river, and, and uh, along the river wall was a huge camp because they've been moving them around the city again. And they're trying to open some camps to help them. But again, some of them do not want the structure. That's just how it is. You remember when Larry Rice was open? They didn't like Larry Rice because you couldn't smoke in the building and you had to be in before 10 o'clock. Think about that. You had to be in a warm building on a cold, frigid night by 10 and you wouldn't want to do it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's what I always said. I was like, I don't know how you guys live. I don't freeze to death out here. I really don't. But somehow they managed. So Paul's reminded them, preach the word of God and be prepared whether it's time favor, favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, or encourage your people with good teaching. Now, I was writing this to Timothy. And Timothy was a pastor of the church in Ephesus. And there were some crazy things starting to happen in Ephesus. So Timothy... I think if you're out there by yourself and this stuff would start happening, you would almost, like you see in churches now, they change their doctrine to meet the people coming what they want. They don't stick true to what the word says. They kind of cater to what people want to hear. Don't you think it'd be easy to have a mega church if you gave them what they wanted? Rock bands, fog machines, stereo lights, and all this stuff. Of course they're going to come. For how long? Is it real, or are you just coming for the show? Now, I'm not saying all megachurches are bad, because they're not. But I'm just saying, when you get past the glitz and glitter, how is it for real, or is it fake? You know. But if you're bringing the word of God, and you stand on these truths, and you're reading the scriptures, how can you go wrong? Right? For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound or wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and, and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever itching, their itchy ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. That's why you need to know what the word says. You know, there's a lot of people who think they know, but really it's a cosmic milkshake is what we call it. You got a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And they, re they quote things back to you that aren't even in the Bible. But they think they are because they think it's all part of their religion or whatever. And you tell them, that's not in the Bible. Show me where that's in the Bible. Oh, it's not? No, you need to know what you believe, right? So you can stand strong in, in this world that we live in. It's only getting worse. Day by day, week by week, it's a slow fade. This thing is going to shut down eventually, right? Jesus is coming back. When he left, he said, I'll be back. He didn't say how long he was going to be gone. But we know he's coming back, so we need to be prepared. 
And I want to hear, well done, faithful servant. You know, we all want to hear that, right? Because, you know, we all have our things. We're not perfect. We know that. But at least we're trying. At least we're sharing the gospel. At least we're sharing our faith. At least we're encouraging one another. Right? Trying to be the best we can be. So in verse 5 it says, But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Didn't say sober. Set a clear mind while you're thinking. Right? Meaning self-control. That's a big one. Talked about that at group. Self-control. Right? How well do you do in different situations? Do you control yourself or do you fly off the handle? I struggled with that for a long time. I, I would just, I would hear something or somebody would do something to me and then poof, the words would fly out. I might even throw something. <laughs> just instant game on anger, you know? God got a hold of me. He's released me of that. I can kind of control myself a lot better than I used to. I'm still, still working on it, obviously. But a lot of times now, when a situation arises where you're just ready to explode, you just take a deep breath. Give the Spirit time to start talking to you. Hey, just take a breath for a second. Just relax. Even if that person's doing what they're doing, just hold it back a little bit. We're supposed to be calm in all situations, right? <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy at all, right? <laughs> it's not easy. Nowhere does it say this will be easy. But keep a clear mind in every situation and don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out your ministry that God has given to you. Now he's talking to Timothy again at the church and the ministry he has there, but he's also speaking to us because we all have some type of ministry that we can do. We all do. Like it or not, you're all ministers. If you are saved, you're a minister. He wants you to speak up. If you had the cure for cancer in your back pocket, wouldn't you tell somebody who had cancer? I mean, think about that. It's difficult, right? It's difficult to come up to strangers and start talking about Jesus. But you could be subtle. You could just, you can befriend them for a little while. Work it out. Make a relationship with this person and then, then spring it on them. Some people have an act they can spring it on them in two seconds, right? This is how it is. You're used to throwing yourself out there and, and you're, used to, you're used to rejection and everything else, but that's part of it. It's never easy. At least it's not easy for me sometimes. Especially when you already know this is a tough cookie and, and, and uh, I don't know what they're going to say or do. But sometimes you just throw, just even, hey man, Jesus loves you. That's all I got for him. You, you think about that. If you don't, whatever you want to do with it, he loves you anyway. <laughs> we can agree on that, right? So, so don't be afraid and carry out your ministry. We all have something to do. No matter what it is, the minimum we can do is share our faith. A lot of people are involved here. A lot of people stepping up. We got sound guys. We got everything going on around here, which is awesome because it takes a team to run this whole thing. We can't do it. We need help. We probably still need more help, but we need more teachers, right? So there's a, there's a ministry that's open for somebody. If you like kids, <laughs> most people are going. I don't know about that. <laughs> But he's given us all something to do. He's got a plan for all of us. <laughs> so what's that, in verse 5? Okay, but you should keep going. Okay, let's go to uh, 2 Timothy um, one eight real quick. 
So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me either because I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with him for the sake of the good news. There's going to be mountaintop moments when people get it and they don't tell you thank you for sharing. But there's also going to be times that people don't want to hear it. But that doesn't mean that we have to not like them because they're not open to it. Back in the early days, we used to think it was just easy. Just tell somebody and everybody would want what you have. But they don't. It's by design by God, the, by the way God does it. I don't understand that. He, I, he does what he does. But I, I remember just leaving some of those conversations going, what a loser. He doesn't want that. What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> you know? Because if he knew what I had, why would you turn it down? They just don't know. It's not their time. However that works. But don't give up on people in your family or friends or, or relatives that are a little resistant, let's say, to the good news. If nothing else, to continue praying for them. If they don't want to hear about it, just pray for them. Pray that God will reveal himself to them somehow. If it's not you, somebody else. Bring somebody in them that, that maybe they'll understand it or whatever. I remember when my son was little, and I would tell him something over and over and over, and I'm sharing my experiences with him on how to do something, right? And <laughs> he started playing football, so I was like, okay, that's cool. So I was telling him things over and over and over. You should do this over and over. One day he comes home, tells me, coach said, exactly the same thing I've been telling him for months. And I'm like, Ooh, okay, you got it. Whatever, whoever took to crack it, you did it. But it was the same thing I've been telling you forever. <laughs> it was like, sometimes it just takes a different person. That's it. That's it. So maybe you have some friends that might need some help sharing the gospel or something. Contact them. Say, hey, man, I, can you come over and help me? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll be more in tune if you said something as opposed to hearing me talk about it all the time. It's crazy how it works, right? In verse 6, as for me, my life has already been poured out like a drink offering to God. Obviously, we know Paul, Paul went through it. He went through all kinds of stuff. He'd been wrung out. He's getting older now. He's in prison. He's been through it. And I looked that up. Interesting to say that that drink offering, it's a Roman custom that they dump wine on the ground to one of their gods. So Paul's kind of using that in gist, kind of using a play on words there. It's like, I've been poured out like that to their gods. I've been poured out like that for Jesus. I thought it was a pretty cool tie-in. The time of my death is near. Would you want to know your death? The time? The day? Or would you just, however it happens? <laughs> it's kind of weird, though, isn't it? Um, think about Paul. He's in prison, and he knows it's coming. I, I, I can't imagine you're going to be executed, and you know it. And you're just waiting your days, but you don't know when the guards are coming to get you, but you do know it's coming. And we know death is coming to us, too. We know that. But we're going to be prepared. Hallelujah. Are you guys ready to meet your maker? I am. That's good. Last weekend, um, 
I'll share this story with you. I went to a, a funeral. That's why I wasn't here. In, in Kentucky, remember a few weeks ago, about a month or so, I, I told you about the reunion I went to? And we were all saying, hey, we should get pictures because some of the people that are here now probably won't be. That's exactly what happened about a few weeks later. So I guess it was about six weeks later. So this is my wife's aunt. With my mother-in-law, it's her sister. And they were like two peas in a pod. They were inseparable other than the distance. They talked to each other on the phone. They grew up together. They did everything together. In fact, uh, their families, they lived close. They all took care of each other when they were little. And, and uh, my wife's father was off to war. Uh, her uncle basically took care of them. So they all kind of grew up, all these kids together. So when, when she passed, it was a big deal for my mother-in-law, obviously. It was her best friend. And... Uh, <laughs> She was the matriarch of that family. And my mother-in-law is kind of the matriarch of her family, meaning everything went through her. Everybody would come to her house. And it was kind of weird because every time we went to visit, it, that was like the landing zone. You went to her house first. It was like basically checking in. <laughs> hey, we're here, you know, we'd all eat and whatever. And uh, it was kind of weird not to do that for the first time going back. But the coolest thing, it was an awesome funeral. I, I didn't know how it was going to go. It was a Catholic funeral. But I tell you what, I have never heard the word Jesus so much. <laughs> it was amazing. I was blown away. I was just like, wow. Now check this out. There's an Indian priest come over from India, and he was the priest of that church. So he that's the church that she went to. So she kind of pseudo-adopted him. So when they come over, it's all automatically brothers and sisters. And she was called mom. It was his mom, his American mom, if you will. So he did the funeral. And I was like, wow, I don't know how you did it, man. You did a great job. But he got to go to the hospital before she passed. And she'd been, there were several days going by. She was just on a slow, she said she was going in hospice on like, I don't, I don't know what it was, maybe Sunday or Monday or something like that. And you know how hospice is. It can be a month, two months, six months. It was only a few days, which kind of caught everybody off guard because we knew it was going to, we knew it was coming, but we thought we had time. And um, the priest was, uh, I think he was on his way to do some church service, and, and he got the call going, you need to get to the hospital. So he went to the hospital, and she had been laying there, just basically the machines keeping her alive. But he brought communion to her. <laughs> it was so cool. She woke up and took communion. He prayed for her, and it was shortly after that she passed. It was like, wow, how peaceful is that? You know, it was just like, you know, God, God ordained all that stuff. Even the time we took off, he took care of us while we were gone. Took care of Randy and Eric while we were gone. Took care of all you guys while we were gone. It's, it's amazing how he worked everything out for the good. I was thinking, I was just thinking about how busy God is for one thing, right? Because we're all praying something, right? Now think about the whole world. There's a guy in Antarctica praying. There's a guy on the North Pole praying. And guess what? God's listening. God hears their prayers. He is everywhere for everybody. It was like, when you think about it, it's like, I, wow, really is amazing, God. So Paul knows his time is running out, and he's ready. 
Okay, I lost my torch here. Okay. <laughs> the time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. You know, Alpha mentioned race. It is a race. Race to the end, and it does seem uphill a lot of times. It's hard. Sometimes we hit potholes along the way. We get derailed for a while. We end up way off the path for some strange reason. We start doing our own thing. We start feeling comfortable again. We don't, we don't renew our minds each day. We don't read God's word. We don't listen to, to worship music. We don't come to church. We miss a month or two of, of church. It does affect you. Yeah. It does. Your brain starts thinking worldly stuff. Like Diana was saying, the world comes in. The world is right outside that door. And it's waiting for us. That's why I wish we could sometimes bottle up the sanctuary feeling <laughs> and just stay in, the, stay in that all the time. Wouldn't that be great? It's because it seems like the outside forces can't get us when we're in here. <laughs> we know they can, but it just seems safer in here than it does out there sometimes. But that's not how it works either. But. It's a race. And I've remained faithful. And now the prize. these guys and he's already on the end he's still writing and he's still sharing and he's still teaching while he's in prison encouraging to continue to keep the faith in fact that's what I told their family when I left it's like keep the faith just because your mom's gone doesn't mean things stop you know they're all churchgoers they all they all know Jesus but you know how that is sometimes when the matriarch or the patriarch die things do change and then the family kind of spreads apart. That's just how it is sometimes. You don't have to like it, but that's how, what happens. So I told them to keep the faith and let God comfort you during this time. The girls were really close to their mother, and, and I remember just telling them, Man, just, just let your faith pull you through this because it will. Lean into Jesus, and he will take care of you. Trust him. That's what he says. Trust me. I'm there. I comfort you. You know, I was thinking how, how great God is, right? Think about what he does all around everywhere. Not only does he comfort you, he's for you, he gives you comfort. Josh, what do you need? You need some peace? I'll give you some peace. You need some joy? I'll give you some joy. God's always just doling it out to everybody. What do you need? What do you need? That's how great our God is, amen? Man, he's a busy man, and he just continues to give and give and give and give, right? I love it. I love it. So we get the crown. We're looking forward to his appearing. Paul's final words here in verse 9. says, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life has gone on to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Demelia. Only Luke is with me. I was kind of laughing when I read this. Demas, it ought to be Dumas. Because <laughs> he ran off. He'd been a co-worker with Paul and he experienced all of this stuff and he ran off. 
because of the world. The world slowly pulled him in. And, and, and it doesn't say why he left, but it's hard, right? Sometimes we have to live with, with stuff or without stuff. Sometimes it's so hard you don't know when your next paycheck's coming. But we have to trust God to pull us through this. Continue walking. Keep the faith. Only Luke is with me, so bring Mark when you come, and he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychias to to Ephesus. He was there to help him too. So not everybody. Some guys left on assignments. Demas just took off. We've seen it happen here several times. You see church growth. They assimilate their families. You get to know their kids and everything like that, and for whatever reason... Off they go. Never to be heard from again. Sometimes they just choose to leave. And sometimes they don't even say goodbye. You pour into their lives. You help them with things. You, you try to share what you have, your resources and things with them and things like that, and they just leave. And it gets hard for us sometimes. You know what? It's hard for us not to get hardened thinking the next person that walks in the door is probably going to be one of those. We can't be like that. We welcome everybody in here all the time. The door's wide open. But don't let the world get a hold of you. Renew your minds. Renew your hearts. Protect your heart from this world. It's evil. And we know it's evil, right? There's a lot of good going on in the world. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We just don't hear a lot about it. I saw something pretty cool today because I thought it went with the message. I was, I was at CVS. It's on the corner of uh, Bryan Road and Fizey. There's CVS there. And when I came out, this church had pulled up, and they had big signs. And they're right on the curb. And Bryan Road's really busy. It's like, I mean, it's like they go fast through there. But anyway, there's a lot of traffic there. And they had the cool signs. It wasn't like repent or burn or anything like that. There were like signs like prayer works. Jesus saves. God is for you. Stuff like that. I was just like, and they had a bunch of youth out there. That was so cool to see. I was just like, look at that. So I'm trying to get their attention. I'm waving my Bible at them, going, whoo, honking my horn and going, yeah, I'm on my way to church now. <laughs> I just thought it was cool that people are still preaching the word, sharing the good news. Because people told us, right? So we share, because we want everybody, Jesus wants all to come to repentance. Not everybody's going to, but he wants them to. And everybody's going to have an opportunity at some point. So when you come, be sure to bring the coat that I left in Carpus, or with Carpus at Troyos. Also bring my books and especially my papers. He's in a cold prison cell probably watery, messy, just gross probably. He's asking for his coat. Now, this is a guy that knows winter's coming, for one, and two, that he knows he could be executed at any time. Three, he's asking for his papers because he wants to continue writing. I was like, how amazing is this guy? What an example for us, right? It says, Alexander the coppersmith did much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. They're thinking that maybe at the trial he was probably speaking against him. However, he was around too and kind of helped out, and then he turned on him. 
So be careful of him. He fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone had abandoned me. So now he's feeling kind of lonely. May it not be counted against them. How about that? He's still in that position, and now he's like, well, don't let that be counted against him. When somebody does you wrong, we're supposed to forgive them, right? And forget, which is hard, right? I think sometimes the forgiveness part's easier than the forgetting because you're just waiting for it to happen again. It was like, okay, I'll let you out. You're gonna do, was he going to do this again? Just forgive, forget, let it go. Let it go, right? Let it go. So if you have some bad relationships, just let it go. You know, sometimes you have to say sorry when you really didn't do anything to be sorry for. But sometimes when you do that, you clean up your side of the street, then it's on them. That's the best we can do, right? Okay, he says, um, but the Lord stood with me and he gave me the strength that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. So he's telling Timothy, keep going because the world needs to hear. Remember, this is a first century church, and he was trying to spread the good news. So he's telling Timothy, no matter what happens in your church, continue to preach the gospel. Continue sharing the good news. Continue growing your faith. Keep the faith. When it gets hard, don't give up. Don't give up. Paul didn't give up. He had every reason to give up several times. He kept marching forward for Jesus because he knew the prize was coming. And we get it too. All we have to do is hang on long enough to get there. Right? So if you're struggling, hang in there. Just hang in there. It's hard, but hang in there. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. How about that? So, he's telling us to continue to do this. So, what do you, I just have a couple of things I wanted to share as far as the application goes of, of continue doing this. The first question was, how, would you, how are you going to finish your race? Are you going to give up or are you going to continue on? When it gets hard, are you going to continue on? Good. We cannot let others keep us from finishing this race. Okay? We have people, probably everybody in here has at least one person that's a naysayer in your, in your circle or family member or somebody like that that's a naysayer, right? We cannot let them influence us to quit. Paul's saying, continue on. <laughs> we cannot let others do to you Make you stop fighting the fight. Whatever they do to you, let it go. Just get over it. Let it go. You have your own fight to fight. Just continue fighting. We cannot let others take away our reward by giving in. We don't want to surrender the reward. We've worked too hard to get to here, right? We know too much to quit. I think if you've been following God for a while and you quit, I, I, I really think you would be yeah, you'd be lost. You couldn't, you couldn't probably function because you know better. You know too much. 
you've heard the sermons over and over in different ways of, of doing this. And he's like, you can't quit. Where would you go? Or what would you do? You'd be miserable. That's what would, ha what would happen. So in, final, in closing, he says, be ready when it's convenient or not to stand in faith. Proclaim the word, endure the hardships, just like Paul did, and finish the race. Amen? That's our goal is to finish this race. So in closing, I just want to say, is there, if anybody in here needs any prayer for anything, maybe you've been away, maybe you don't even know this Jesus that we're talking about. There are people here that can help you, pray with you, come and see me, come and see anybody, anybody, Pete, Tim, Alpha, anybody. So if you need prayer, speak up. Prayer's a good thing, right? Because prayer works. Amen? So that's all for tonight. So Father God, we just thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, for paying our sin debt that we could never pay. We just thank you, Lord. <laughs> There's so much to be grateful for, God. If we could just remember to be thankful in everything that you do, Jesus. Just help us, Lord, to remember day after day. Help us stay focused on you, Jesus, and we'll get through this. So we just thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're going to do. Pray for everybody going home tonight, that we make it home safely, and we just pray that uh, we continue to share the good news, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Right now? Okay. Hey, we're needing some help to set up some tables for the auction tomorrow. So can we get some help, some stack up some chair? We need to move some of this around. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, we can move some up.